All right. Thank you, Lord. My topic tonight is more than a feeling. I had Marcus play that song because I think a lot of times, and if you, you didn't catch on, I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. But I think sometimes we reduce the Holy Spirit to just a feeling. A lot of times, he actually get pushed back in the Trinity. You know, we, all, we always talk about the Father. We always talk about Jesus, and rightfully so. But a lot of times, the Holy Spirit, he get pushed back. And he's actually been misrepresented for so many years. Um, but he's way more than that. Um, I'm going to go to, well, let me back up. I read a scripture earlier. It was Hebrews 3.15. And it says, today when you hear his voice, don't, don't harden your hearts. So I pray that you not harden your heart tonight. Um, Destiny on... Um, on Tuesday was talking about Proverbs 4-7. She threw that scripture out. And that's actually one of, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to turn to it here. Actually, I'm going to pull it up on my phone because I have the NLT. But I like the... King James version a lot better. Okay. It said, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. And I really love the last part of that scripture, you know, in all thy getting, get understanding. Um, it's not a coincidence that Ty talked about authority and power and Pastor Mel talked about power within uh, last night. Um, because what they were sharing talks about the Holy Spirit. He's the power of God. Um, he's a person. Um, he's not a goosebump. Um, he's not a mist or a cloud. Um, I'm going to share a story that took place back in December 5th, 1999. Uh, I'm living in Columbus, of course, at the time. I actually just came back from college. I went to a junior college that I thought I was going to be playing basketball for for two years and then transfer to a D1 school. 
and things didn't work out that way. Um, but prior to uh, me going, me going to, <laughs> prior to me, uh, you know, going to school or whatever, I actually had, I was working at Sears at the time, out at West Lamar, for those who know about West Lamar in Columbus. And um, I had these two guys that came in, and I think some people here may have heard the story before, but um, two people came in, they actually worked for Macy's. These two guys, both of their names were Brian. And uh, so they both came in and I assisted them on trying to find a dartboard. You know, they said they wanted to buy a dartboard. So I tried to assist them um, with the dartboard. They did not buy the dartboard. You know, I spent some time with them, at least anywhere between probably 20, 30 minutes with them. Um, but they didn't buy the dartboard. But uh, so they left the store, and I'm like, okay, this, this is a regular customer or whatever. But prior to that, well, no, let me back up. Um, after they left, maybe about an hour from the time they left, the manager, Brian, his name was Brian Huffman, he called me back, he called the store and asked for me. I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of odd. And he told me, he said, yeah, me. And my coworker was just in the store. You helped us look at a dartboard. And he was like, I'm wondering if you would like to come in for an interview. So I was like, what? Come in for an interview at Macy's? I'm like, sure, because I love clothes. You know, so I'm like, okay. He was like, I can guarantee you we're paying you more than what Sears is paying you. So I'm like, cool. Excuse me. So we set up a date for me to do the interview. Went down there, did the interview, and it went great. I said, well, I'm actually getting ready to go off to college in a couple of weeks, so um, I won't be able to take the job. He was like, don't worry about it. He said, when you come back for break, you'll have a job lined up for you. I was like, oh, that's great. So I can go off to college, do my thing on the court, hoop, do all that, then come back during breaks and have a job already lined up for me? I said, oh, that's wonderful. So, basically had the job secured. So, August comes, prepping for school, get ready for school, go up to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like, oh man, this is it right here. It's going down. I'm about to hoop. You know what I'm saying? Gonna have a great, you know what I'm saying, first two years here in this JUCO and then take it from there. Probably within, actually, the first week of my time there, I went to class, did all the work that I missed because we kind of started a little late. So I'm, I missed some classes. So I had to do all the makeup work that I missed. So uh, I made up all the work or whatnot. I was ready. I was set. I was like, cool. And then the, the coach at the time, he was like, it was on like a Friday. He said, make sure y'all get ready, get enough sleep because starting first thing Monday morning, we hit in practice. I'm like, okay, that's great. I'm ready. So, you know, prepping everything, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night comes, and I get a call from the coach. And me and one of my friends, we actually went up there together. And he said, I got some bad news for y'all. And I was like, oh, man. He was like, y'all going to have to come back second semester. He said, because the landlord's saying 
And we actually were staying in another room with a uh, we were staying in a room with a guy that was from Dayton, Ohio, but that was his room. So the coach was like, the landlord said she can't have three people in a one bedroom apartment. I'm like, why didn't he tell us that before? Because we did all the application work and everything, did our background check, all that, and we got approved. So I'm like, okay, why didn't she tell us that before? But she didn't. So eventually he told us we had to go back to Ohio and had to come back the second semester. So that crushed me. I was like, okay. So went back or whatever. But I knew I had a job set up for me at Macy's. So I went in and talked to him like, yeah, we're good. I said, some things didn't work out in Michigan. I'm here early. So <clears throat> that was in October. So basically from, because I went back home in August, I was out of a job. I didn't start, start working until October. So work from October to December at Macy's, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the discount. We got like 30% off. Plus Macy's always have those crazy deals when they have a 30 on top of 25 or whatever. Take that extra, that green sticker, you, I mean, that uh, green um, plaque or whatever card that you know, can you get that extra discount off? So I was loving, I was getting ch uh, clothes for dirt, dirt cheap. So December rolls around, I'm still working at Macy's. And a friend of mine actually showed up, some, some friends I went to high school with, two females, and they actually invited me to church. And it, like I said, some people probably have heard the story before, but they invited me to church one Sunday, and I went in, and I didn't know that we actually was coming in um, towards the middle of the service, maybe not towards the end. But we went in, we heard a great word, and we had to sit in what they call the overflow of this church um, because the sanctuary was packed out. So we sat in the overflow, and then um, the pastor gave an altar call. So he gave an altar call. I responded immediately. Because when I was in Michigan, I was thinking, I said, because we kept passing this church um, from the apartment to the school. And I was like, man, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. You know, I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to find me a girl. You know what I'm saying? And everything going to work out. That was my plan. So, um, you know, pastor gave the altar call, call, excuse me. I rushed down to the altar that gave my life to the Lord. So the way the church was set up after you get done, you know, giving your life to the Lord at the altar, they have their altar care workers take you to a back room. So in the back room, you have ministers set up and they're there to pray with you and stuff like that. So the, the guy that I got assigned to, he asked me, he said, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm like, yeah. You know, I ain't know nothing about it, but I'm like, yeah. So him and I in there, we're talking, and he's praying with me or whatever. And all I kept thinking was, oh, he was saying, I think he told me to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I, I kept saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> but I wasn't speaking in tongues, though. I wouldn't, I didn't receive the baptism. So I'm like, okay, he keeps saying that. He said, um, just keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. And my friend that was next to me, she got it because he actually went down with me because she, you know, she went down when we gave the altar card, but she was sitting there receiving it. So last night, let me back up. Last night, Pastor Mel shared, stop filtering God's power through your head. And that's exactly what I was doing. So he was sitting there trying to tell me, you know, to, to yield or whatnot. 
But I couldn't. I'm like, huh? What is this? So I'm trying to filter and process everything through my head. Like, I ain't speaking no, I'm going to speak another language. I ain't know no, I mean, I know I took Spanish in, in middle school and in high school, but that's the only other language I knew. But he told me I was speaking a heavenly language. It went clearly over my head. So, um, you know, what I did was after, because I didn't speak, you know, we walked out the room or whatever, and we actually was getting ready to leave. I'm thinking we're getting ready to leave. So I'm looking at my friend. I kind of felt some type of way. I ain't going to lie. Like, hey, how did she get it? And I didn't get it. I'm like, that's crazy. But, you know, I, I was excited for her that she got it. Um, but as we were going up the stairs, I was thinking like, okay, we getting ready to, to leave. Because, you know, they letting folks out. But come to find out, the friend that invited me, she was like, hey, we, we got seats in the sanctuary. I'm like, oh, we staying again? So I'm like, all right, man, this is, okay, we stand again. So this is the actual service. We're actually in the sanctuary. Of course, pastor give another message or whatever. And, of course, again, he gives an altar call. But this time, he led with, does anybody want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? He led with that. Normally, they lead with, does anybody want to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? But the second time he led with receiving the Holy Spirit. And I walked down there again. And yeah, huh? determined, yes, ma'am. And he was like, oh, you getting it all today. That's what he said. He said, you getting it all today. So um, I went down, same scenario. Walk you out, walk you to the room. You pray with the ministers. This time we went to a different room, though. And maybe that's because, uh, I don't know, because we were in the sanctuary. I don't know. But for some reason, we didn't go to the room that we went to before. We went to another room. And I was paired with a lady this time instead of the guy. Now, the guy, he was kind of brash a little bit. So he was kind of like, basically like, get it, get it. You got to get it, get it. Kind of like, i like, okay. But I didn't get it. But this minister, awesome woman, um, she prayed with me, and she was so gentle and so patient with me. And uh, just like the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's gentle. He's patient. Um, so, of course, I actually received it that time. I did. I was speaking. It, it was so powerful, I ended up falling back, and I didn't even know there was chairs behind me. Like, I was, like, I was gone in the spirit. I was like, okay, but... Thank God those chairs were behind me to catch me. Um, but I received it, and I was excited. I was excited. But in all honesty, I didn't understand what it was. So it was something that was offered, and if, some, if God is... Or the man of God is offering something and it's of God. You don't want to, you know, reject it or not receive it. If he's saying, okay, this is something from God and, you know, God, God can change your life if you receive this. You ain't, you ain't trying to reject that. You're trying to get all you can from God. Um, but I, I left out of there without an understanding of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I knew that it was evidence of speaking in tongues, 
But that's all I knew based on what was shared. Um, and for many years, I was confused. Because, like I said, I didn't have the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Even, uh, let me, I ain't going to go ahead. All right. Many of us have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and received the Holy Spirit into our hearts. But very few of us have experienced the power, and I say even including me, um, which, God's had, excuse me, which God has provided for the church. God has promised us power. The Holy Spirit is necessary for us to express and demonstrate what we're talking about. So if we're saying that God heals, God restores, um, God raises the dead, there should be some demonstration following that. And number one, because I didn't have that understanding in the beginning, and I'm still growing. I have not arrived at all. Um, but just doing some study and stuff like that, it's like, okay, there's supposed to be some demonstration um, following what we're preaching. Um, and I don't want to fake it, y'all. I don't think any of us in this room want to fake it. When we say that God heals and God restores um, and God will take care of your needs, we want some evidence to follow. You know, because honestly, I've said those things a million times to people. God heals. And thank God nobody said, well, show me. I'm like, I, I thank God for it. I actually remember this girl, and this was before, this is why I was working at Macy's, but before I went off to college, um, it used to be this girl on the bus, the number 10, the West Broad Street bus. And she used to actually be in the middle of the aisles preaching. She used to always be sitting there talking about Christ, talking about Christ, talking about Christ. And I'm just looking, okay, and people, they just going about their day or whatever. Um, but it made me think about like, what if I ask her to show me? Like, she's talking about, like, God can do all this stuff. Like, if I asked her to show me, would she have been able to show me in that moment? I don't know. Maybe she would have been. Who knows? But I'm just thinking, like, okay, people are looking for God, um, and they want us to show that God is real. Okay, but like I said, I don't want to fake it. Um, okay, as believers... We all want to prove what God said is right and is true, and we want his word manifested. Um, spiritual power is not, excuse me, spiritual power is for every believer, not just only for the known pastors or evangelists. Um, and Jesus talked about this. Uh, go with me to Mark 16, 15 through 18. And I got 20 minutes, and I got a lot. <clears throat> All right. So in Mark 16, 15 through 18, it says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, anyone who believes. 
Say that again. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Again, he said, anyone who believes, whether you're 10, whether you're 19, whether you're 73, anyone who believes, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any poisonous thing, it will not harm them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and the sick will be healed. Okay. Go with me to Acts 1. 1 and 4. So we see here in Mark that he was telling the disciples to go out. Um, And do all these things. But then you hear, you see down Mark 1, 4. He says, and he was, he was actually having a meeting with the disciples. He said, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John, actually, I'm going to stop right there. Because I'm going to read that scripture later. Um, but in Acts 4, he said, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. But in Mark 15, excuse me, Mark 16, 15 through 18, he told him to go. Okay, he told him to go. But a few days after, he told him basically to wait. He said, don't, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay there until the Father has sent the promise. And we all know that the promise was the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, go to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Ty, I know he, uh, he shared this scripture last night. I'm just trying to kind of trying to uh, lay a foundation. Um, but in verse 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have, been, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Tease these disciples to obey all commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. So, even though Christ told him to go out, and, and, and that's part of that great commission for us to go out, preach the gospel, um, but in order for them to go out, they had to have the power with them. They couldn't just go out there um, and, and, and just preach it but not have any demonstration following behind them. We do know that Jesus did send them out with power. And we know they went and they healed. I mean, they came back, hey, Lord, Lord, hey, the demon's even subject to us. 
We casting out demons. We healing folk. But after that moment, the Holy Spirit left. He was there for a moment, but after that, he left. We don't really see a lot where he's talking about every day they, they went out and they did this, they did this, they did this. So the Holy Spirit was, for the disciples at the time, was limited. He was limited because, honestly, the, the, the bodily, um, well, the Holy Spirit was embodied in Christ. And Christ hasn't died yet, so he couldn't just give the Holy Spirit to him fully, okay? Um, let me see. Okay. All right, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. Let's go to Colossians 2.9. Give y'all a moment to get there. All right, in the King James, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay. Do anybody know what that means? By a show of hands, does anybody know what that means? Um, the question was, well, in second, I mean, Colossians 2, 9, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I ask, does anybody know what that means? You can just raise your hand for the people in the house. Okay, good. For those that don't, <clears throat> It means when Jesus was on the earth, the Holy Spirit wasn't anywhere else. He was in Jesus. You didn't hear about him anywhere else. Uh, not in Asia, uh, not in Germany. He was in that region of Jerusalem, Israel, um, but he was nowhere else. And the Old Testament, you hear about the Holy Spirit coming upon prophets. So you see him. Uh, coming upon Elijah. So when the Spirit upon you know when the Spirit came upon Elijah, then Elijah prophesied. If you look at Jonah, when the Spirit came upon Jonah, Jonah prophesied. When the Spirit came upon Samson, he was able to do the great feast that he was able to um, take care of. But when Jesus arrived and came on the scene, the Holy Spirit was in Christ. The fullness of God was in Christ. He was nowhere else. All right, I'm gonna continue. Um, but for three and a half years, he was in Jesus, of course. Um, he was telling the disciples that I'm leaving you, um, but the Holy Spirit isn't leaving you. See, when Jesus ascended to heaven to sit on the right hand of the throne with the Father, it was finished. All of our sins were atoned for, and now he could send the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go to John one twelve. Okay, here it says. 
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Um, Jesus was saying, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to take my place. So just like the disciples didn't have a problem, problem believing that, um, that Christ could heal people when he was with them, he was letting them know and assuring them, hey, I'm going, I'm going to go, but you're not going to be comfortless. You're not going to be down here by yourself. So if you see a sick man that needs to be healed, you'll be able to heal that person. Um, because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. All right. For the sake of time, I'm actually going to. go to another point and kind of talk about the Holy Spirit. Okay. The Holy Spirit is a power to be a witness wherever one is, anywhere, everywhere. Um, Jesus said that let me back up. Okay, let me start here. Um, Jesus, yeah, Jesus going um, to preach. No, no, that's not what I need to discuss. Hold on. Mm. All right, I got a lot of notes here. Sorry about that, y'all. No, I got nine minutes. Um, all right, I'm going to try not to rush. I'm not going to try to cram all this in, but I, wanna, I do want to share this. Christ's physical presence with the disciples generated the same type of power. Um, we know, as I talked about earlier, if Christ, or excuse me, when Christ gave the disciples the authority to go out and um, heal those that were sick and deliver those that were oppressed by the devil. And again, I said, we have that same power. And this is what frustrated me on that Sunday when we had master life. When I spoke out about how God, he gave the disciples the power, excuse me, he gave the disciples the power um, and they weren't even saved. They didn't receive Christ. They were just followers of Christ. They were just disciples, which means students. So they weren't even saved, and they weren't even filled with the Holy Spirit when he sent them out. And they were doing all those things at first. And so that, that really frustrated, excuse me, frustrated me. Um, but if you look at it, us going out healing, us going out delivering people, that should be the norm. That should be the norm for us. It should be no, no question why this person is not getting healed. Because Christ already said that, you know what? I'm sending the one. I'm sending the one that has the power that I had to flow through you so you can do the same things that I've done on this earth. Okay? So, so I said it should be normal. Um, 
if you see here, Jesus allowed them at the time to partake of that power for the moment when they went out, but they wouldn't, but they would receive it permanently in Acts 1.8. So let's go to Acts 1.8. And for the sake of time, I'm going to just go ahead and read through it. Um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That means United States. That means North Carolina. That means Charlotte. Okay? Um, and he also said that those signs will follow. Okay. Jesus also said, he who, be, who, he who believes. So we know that our faith is basically, you know what I'm saying, on, stand, on, on, on trial in a sense. God, Jesus saying, if you believe, these things will follow. But if we don't, we're not believing, those things are not following us. They're just not following us. Um. And the Holy Spirit has been given so we could be witnesses unto what he said. Um, not just talking about salvation only. Just not talking about it. Um, but really having that demonstration. Um, okay, let's back, let me back up here. In 1999, like I shared I didn't have that understanding. And that's basically like giving a, a child a gun. Having that dynamic power, that explosive power, but don't know how to ha handle it or you don't understand it. Um, if we don't understand and we have knowledge, excuse me, if we don't understand and have knowledge of the power of God, we will misuse it, abuse it, or confuse it. Understanding and obedience is the key to getting the power flowing. In order to understand the Holy Ghost power, we must start from the beginning. To understand anything about God, we must start from the beginning. Um, and some of y'all may have witnessed the abuse of the Holy Spirit. Um, just going to church. I know one thing that comes to mind when I was a teenager, and I would go to church with one of my friends, and his pastor, it's crazy. So I grew up on the east side of Columbus, and there used to be a dance we used to do. We called it the east side. So we'd be like, you know, kind of stepping with it, you know what I'm saying? Like grooving to it. We into it, you know? We called it the east side. And one Sunday I went, and the pastor, the pastor was on uh, in the pulpit, and he was doing, he was, and I'm like, hey, hold up, man. I seen that dance before. That looked like the east side. So the pastor was doing it, and um, my friend's mom was doing it. And I'm like, what they doing, man? They was like, my friend was like, man, they, they, they caught the Holy Ghost. I'm like, what? They caught the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost doing the east side dance? I'm like. So it kind of, it kind of, it kind of threw me. I'm like, hold on, man. How is, 
the pastor and his mind, like, mind you, we never showed this dance to his mom or to the pastor. So I'm like, how was the pastor and the mom doing the, the east side dance? But they were saying that was the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't affect our feelings because he does. But I think a lot of times we label stuff as the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, so the power of the Holy Spirit is to come and not tear up the church. Um, <laughs> but let's go to John 14, 26, and I'm going to share with you all what the Holy Spirit um, well, when he comes, what he's supposed to do. So John 14, 26, actually we'll pull it up from the Amplified here. Uh, 14, 26. All right. Amplify said, but the comforter. Okay. So bear with me here. I'm going to pull up. I got some definitions here for the comforter. All right. All right, we know the word comforter, and here you actually got the Holy Spirit, but it also says one that gives comfort. Okay, that's the first definition about the Holy Spirit. So, again, he's not, he's not here to tear up the church, but he's here to bring comfort. Um, second thing, excuse me, Mike, she got off of the scripture here. Um, he's a counselor. All right, and the definition here for counselor, I got okay. a person. So right there, we know that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not a thing, but he's a person. Um, but it says here, trained to give guidance on personal, social, or psychological problems. Okay, that's the, count, uh, the counselor. Next we have here is helper, and we know the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Um, intercessor, he's here to intercede on our behalf. Um, oh, excuse me. Skipped over the scripture here. Sliding it. Um, He's an advocate. I'm going to give the definition of an advocate that I looked up today. Um, sure, I have the right one. Okay. Someone who speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. 
um, to speak up and to judge fairly, to defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Okay. It also says the Holy Spirit, um, the standby. So for standby, the definition I have is one to be relied on, especially in emergency. A favorite or reliable choice or resource. One that is held in reserve ready for use. And we know that, you know, the Holy Spirit is always there for us. So no matter what we're going through or what we're dealing with, he'll be there to guide us through it. And um, towards the end here, I know my time is up. Um, but as I talked about earlier about to understand something, you have to go back to the beginning. So go with me real quick to Genesis 1. And actually, I'm going to do the... the King James of Genesis. One verse three, actually, excuse me, one, chapter one, verse one through three. So we see here, let me go back to King James instead of Amplified. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit, excuse me, in the, yeah, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, the waters. So we see here in the beginning of creation, the Holy Spirit, God is there, okay? And we see the Holy Spirit is there, and he's moving. So he's moving. He's actually hovering. If you look at another translation, it says the Holy Spirit is hovering. So we see all this darkness, all this void. Um, void in another translation um, translates to chaos. So we got all this darkness, this chaos going on, and the Holy Spirit, he's hovering. He's hovering over it. He haven't moved yet. He's just hovering. He's hovering over all this darkness. Um, and right now in your life, you might be thinking, or you might be going through some darkness, Right now, you might be going through some chaos. You might be going through some trouble. Um, you might be at the worst party, I mean, at the worst stage in your life right now. But the Holy Spirit, he's hovering as he was hovering in Genesis 1. Okay? And you may ask, what was the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit hovering for? What was he waiting on? What was he waiting on? Okay? And if you look down... It says, and God said. So the Holy Spirit in this dark, chaotic world, he's hovering and he's waiting. He's hovering and he's waiting. And soon as the word came, he moved. So he's hovering over it, or this darkness. But as soon as the word came, boom, he moved. We see here, and there, and God said, there be light. Boom, there was light. So, Right now, the Holy Spirit may be hovering over your situation right now. 
okay? He's hovering over your situation, and he's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. But here you also, you see, when God spoke, we know who else was on the scene. Jesus was on the scene. Because in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning. I'm going to go there real quick. All right, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Excuse me, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus was present also. Okay, let me get back to my notes real quick so I can finish this out. Um, so the Holy Ghost is the power that brings into reality what the word of God says. Okay. And... Okay, I'm going to share this real quick, and then I'm done, y'all. All right, go to Genesis 1, 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. And this passage, of course, is a familiar scripture to a lot of people. We know that it says that God... Um, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Okay? We, we, we hear that a lot. Um, but God showed me something today when I read this scripture. Um, we know also in Genesis 2, 7, we know that, that, that God, I'm going to just bring it up. Because I want to do this right. Okay. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Okay. So God, God, God showed me something. Um, we know when man sinned in chapter 3, the spirit left man. The spirit left man. Okay? But when Christ died and gave up the ghost, okay? When Christ died and gave up the ghost, all right, and sent the Holy Spirit, he was breathing that spirit back into man. So what we lost in Genesis 3 with Adam was restored to man, mankind in acts. Okay, so that, that power, that dynamic power that we talked about, all of that was restored back into mankind once Jesus came and, and died on the cross. And not only that, he sent the Holy Spirit. See, because he couldn't send the Holy Spirit, you know, before he got, before he crucified because this body, this body was, was sinful. And the Holy Spirit can only live in a holy temple. So he sent, he sent the Holy Spirit back once he accomplished his mission on earth, went to the Father because Christ had to be the first fruit. He couldn't send him without being the first fruit. Therefore, we're, 
we're the fruit after that. But, but Christ is the first fruit. And the last thing is, we see here, we talked about the word. It says, so this is what, this is what God showed me here. Okay. In the Bible, we see it constantly says that we need to renew our mind with the word of God. Romans 12, 2. Okay. Um, he said that to me, you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, excuse me, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but you aren't believing or speaking my words. When you start believing and start speaking my words, it will bring forth the manifestation. That's my time, y'all.